Consequence Podcast Network. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, and welcome yet again to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast from the Consequence Podcast Network. And if you're listening and you, look, and, you, and you read our description, you know what you're in for today. We are talking about episode nine, the penultimate episode of the first season of Castle Rock, coming to you straight from the, the, streaming, <laughs> the streaming station Hulu, as Hulu. I like to pronounce it, like Captain Sulu. Mike, what's the name of the episode again? Henry Deaver. Mm, I, I wonder recall, what this is about. I, I think that's a character in the show. It sure yeah, is. I, I think it's a, yeah, it's a multiple characters. Wait oh. a minute, multiple characters. That's right. We're going to talk. We're going to do a nice deep exploration into this very revelatory episode. I think Absolutely. we all. Spoiler alert. We liked quite a bit. But before we do that, let's make our way around the table here. Introduce ourselves. And I am again Justin Gerber. What would you call me? I'm a human being. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a humanist. Some might yeah. even say. But I'm also a senior writer. It's got consequence of sound as well as the co-host of the Halloweenies podcast, which is about to wrap up in a month or so. To my right is... Mackenzie Gerber, a constant contributor to this podcast, as well as the Halloweenies, uh, which is wrapping up in a couple of months. Wow, and uh, <laughs> my name is Michael Rothman. I'm uh, editor-in-chief and uh, president of Consequence of Sound, also a constant contributor of the Losers Club and Halloweenies, a Michael Myers podcast that's wrapping up in a couple months, and <laughs> we're uh, slicing and dicing through one film at a time, leading all the way up to the October 19th release of David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter and Toby Huss's... Toby Huss. I love Toby Huss. Hello Green. Very exciting. But before, so we got all that out of the way. We, all, we, got, we, we established good. that we'll Absolutely. be wrapping up the Halloweenies podcast in a couple months. <laughs> mm-hmm. But before we get into this episode of Castle Rock, let's uh, let's go around the, the interweb and see what uh, has been brewing in the Stephen King universe, Mike. Well, as you know from our socials, there's a lot of footage, uh, not footage per se, but images coming out from the set mm-hmm. of yes. It, Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. We saw a big one. Mm-hmm. Last week that we shared on the socials, a little controversial actually, because I don't think that they were uh, too stoked that that photo got out. But it was uh, old Pennywise himself sitting on that lumberjack that we know so well because we've been reading the pages of Stephen King's cult classic, cult, yeah, the, the cult yeah, sensation, right. the cult sensation. Uh, but that's a big scene. Very excited that in some way, shape, or form that will be in it. Even if it's literally just that, him mm-hmm. on the lumberjack waving and talking to what well, we hope, Richie. Uh, I just, I'm really excited that they're keeping that in there. I'm yeah. amazed that it's not CGI. Mm-hmm. That they actually, oh yeah, it really is him, on top, him on top of that giant lumberjack. <laughs> Which is great. Great. No, but know. will the lumberjack be CGI? I, well, I think it has to be. <laughs> you have a giant thing. All I can picture. It's like, it's like the T-Rex from all, Jurassic Park. Yeah. All, all I can picture is like, those old Godzilla movies, like someone's yeah. dressed up, and then they, but the the, the the perspective, you know, they're like walking through this yep. like fake town, <laughs> like throwing the axe. I down. would, I would much rather have that. They should just do Stay Puft <laughs> with models. Yeah, the irony. Look how fun. great Stay Puft. I, I look. I watched he Ghostbusters. He never gets that big. He's big, but he's not that big. 
He's pretty big. He doesn't get. He's any, not like a skyscraper any, though. No, he's not a skyscraper. <laughs> but you know, get that guy that's in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure who gets angry at the near the dinosaurs with Pee Wee. Remember him? Oh God. Get yes, him. I do. He looks like a lumberjack. There's no way that big. guy's still alive. You don't think we'll, he's alive? We'll go back to him later on, but what, before we get off on too much of a tangent. But we'll go okay. back to him later on and, and find out. I if you stick be... around to the end of the episode, you will find out if that guy who From chases around the, Paul the Texan woman and Paul Rubens and Pee Wee's Big Adventure is alive or dead. Fun fact, uh, that Texas woman, uh, she comes back in the latest Pee Wee film. Directed, oh, yeah. Miss, directed, yeah, written yeah, by yeah. Uh, Paul Russ, actually. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, without getting too much on a tangent... I'm excited for chapter two of what we're seeing. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of like collaboration on set between the actors, especially between like the adults and the young, the youngins. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of uh, great photos with Sophia Lillis and uh, Jessica Chastain, which makes uh, which leads me to believe that they are literally filming these flashbacks right next to the adults, which, which is, is cool, really cool because it's something you could easily do where you, you have the kids in. Because I, I know when you're filming. When you're filming with children, you have a certain amount of hours. You can only have them on set, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So it's kind of interesting that they decided that it was important that they film with the older actors. And I think that that's going to create a real tangible connection um, that we're going to feel in the film. I, I just think that's really cool. Even if it was just a couple of scenes, but just seeing, watching them actually watch mm-hmm. their flashback taking place in yeah. front of them. Uh, it's so much better than just looking at a tennis ball. I agree. You know, with like saying, oh, they're going to be here doing this. Yeah. React to it. You know, I just, I don't know. I think that there's just something else to be had there. So I'm really excited about that. And it's cool too, because the kids don't look too much older. That was one of my biggest fears, you know, and especially going into Stranger Things uh, season three, there's been a lot of like, well, they discussion look, online those about kids like, look like they're 40 years old that's now. the thing though like you look at millie bobby brown and she looks like she's like seven years older than her first season well i think for like, stranger things it makes sense because the years have moved on that's fine yeah but with it it's you're like still supposed to be summer. relatively close to that summer so yeah. that could be a problem yeah it's gonna be like that scene in uh it's gonna be like in karate kid too you know when they go back to like a lot of these uh these flashbacks and they have to be right there in that moment i, think, I think karate that... i think kid Two like took place like years after the first one didn't it mm... No, it takes no, place. Like, no, no, I'm talking about the after. filming of it, though. It was a couple oh, years I'm later. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so like that, that's yeah. a little weird. But with this one, I'm very excited. I still want to see uh, Bill Hader ruffle the hair of uh, Finn, Finn Wolfhard. I think that'd be cool. Most of them we've seen like our Photoshop photos. So you know. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't come out until <laughs> another year Finn. from now. A whole year. We got a whole year. But Lots that's of great. Stuff. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I mean we got, we got we're, a lot we're of stuff. getting a lot of little sneak peeks and stuff, but I don't think that they're going to drop this trailer anytime soon. Oh, right? God. No, I mean, no. that's they're going to be smart about that, right? You guys are going to be really smart about that and not release that trailer a year in advance. I... So we're bored to death of it when it comes out, right? I think we'll get a teaser in a couple months. I think we're going to get a teaser at the Super Bowl. You think so? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the Super Bowl's that fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's in February. That's, that's a long fine. way away. That's I'm saying we'll get I think we'll get a teaser. I'm saying I don't want a teaser like in October. No. Well, I, well news, I don't know. Actually, we're gonna get a teaser in a couple months. Yeah, it'll be. Mean, a, it won't be. It, won't really, it probably won't even have any well, actual. If footage. the teaser is just like, yeah, exactly, Justin. Awesome. If it's no footage and it's just a little, a little nod to Pennywise, great. That's 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 fine. Best teaser they could do is just show them meeting up at the the Chinese food restaurant, and that's just it. Like that's well, apparently that's nothing no, scary. No. Nothing scary. That's just what they showed. There. At yeah. uh, Comic Con. Oh, is that what they did? They okay. showed they yeah. showed footage of them, brief footage of them. Um, at the Chinese restaurant, and then there's, they showed something else. I would absolutely just, there's nothing happens, just them meeting all together, and then you, it just goes, it, chapter two. That would be too subtle for, for today's well, audience. Well, this day and age, Yeah, it'd probably. be great if it was just, uh, it was just, all you saw was a phone ringing, 
And then she does get Chastain and pick it up, and then it just says it, chapter two. Mm. Oh, that could be cool. All well, of they did all of them picking up the phone. All of them picking up the phone. Or like little do, teasers. Yeah, you just do. You change them up so like different hear, theaters get different yeah, ones. And, and then you hear Mike saying, "Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Or, what do yeah. you remember? And then like one of them is Richard Thomas to kind of like you know be like, and, oh, like look. The, and the aspect ratio is all like one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden it's like one eighty five, and then it's two thirty five again. Because if you hear him say that, they could do a little flashback to the the child version, and then they could say it. Yeah. You know, I mean, then then you know, oh, like it's gonna be. You no, know, we're, we're Stephen King podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about this for just a brief second. Sure. The casting of this movie. What I really loved about the miniseries is that you wouldn't consider any of those people like like Hollywood hunks or no. hotties, right? No. But. This cast is so good looking. It's almost like that's what makes like, me like, a little... I love the actor Tim Reed, for instance, who plays Mike Hanlon in the miniseries. He looks kind of weathered. Yep. He's a great. He's been, he was on WKRP in Cincinnati for all of you older people out there like me. Um, you know John Ritter, Harry Anderson. Okay, Richard be fair, John Thomas. Ritter's a good looking guy. Yeah, Except but he looks even like this, he was like movie. bearded. This yeah. is not like seventies yeah, John Ritter. This no, like f- problem child John. Ritter. Yeah, yeah, problem child John. Yeah. Where he's not considered like you know a, a hunk by any means at that point. No. And, um, you know, I'm just saying. It's, no, but it's, I agree, though. Bad. Like, I mean, honestly, the only one that's the most subtle out of the entire casting is Bill Hader. Bill Hader, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one that looks like an everyman, yeah. I guess. I mean, that was my that's my biggest concern, even with Bill. I mean, they describe Bill in the book as he's bald already bald. balding. Yeah. Like, he, he's heavy set. Like, yeah. Or not heavy set, he's but got he, he's going punch to be him. heavy set. He's and he's, I mean, he's tall. That's why I like, I mean, look, Richard Thomas is actually a really good looking guy, but so I think that they, they still have a good looking guy, but it, it looks more realistic, Yeah, you know, and well, they that, is that ridiculous ponytail though, you know, he's I got know, the glasses <laughs> and everything else, but I'm saying he, <laughs> like, he, he looks kind yeah. of, he doesn't look like, I'm trying to think of somebody who's like a real, he's not Tom Cruise no. playing Bill Dimbrose. Well, I mean, you look, the guy, the guy, you know, like Isaiah is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at those old style commercials and th- we also don't know how like, they're going to look in the movie though. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. might distress. I mean, he, he, cause he's supposed to be like haggard, right? Well, in if they film? go through that unfortunate rumor of him yeah, being a, yeah. like a drug act or something. Like that, I hope not. Oh, That's a, such a stupid Ugh. plot. Well, anyway. you know, there was, well, obviously we'll get into this. We'll go into that, but I think there is mention of him do taking, Certain or drinking a lot or whatever to be, well, to be able to get through. Ben's supposed to be the alcoholic, though. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope they'll keep that. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I I'm wondering how much how true they are going to stay to the book because so far, even based on the first one alone, and even just the little nods, like they stay pretty goddamn true to the book, and yeah. even with the little details, like you know, rereading it though, literally rereading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was that faithful. You don't think so? At the end, of the day. I mean, there are certain aspects of it that were faithful, but I mean, it's it's unfair For to a say modern retelling. I think because it's pretty... yeah, it's as faithful as a two hour movie of mm-hmm. the children's version can be, I guess. But yeah. obviously, the things that happen to them in the movie don't happen to them in the book. No, they have well, like more pop culture references. There are, and then there are certain things that they that are mentioned in the book that they use to do like the sequence with um Ben yeah. in the library, like mm-hmm. with but it's referencing the uh the explosion at the at the works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the kid, you know what I mean? Like so they, they used elements from the book and they were like, oh but what if that was a ghost of this or what if that was a thing that you know or or like even the the house on Nibold Street. Like that 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 is pretty that's pretty much, dead on with the book. Like with the with, yeah. the, with fact, the bed and all that. Like that, that that stuff's in there. So it's interesting to see that because we didn't get to see that in the miniseries. So I was happy if they were going to do. They were not going to take certain things that we saw in the miniseries. I'm glad that they took other things from the book and put yeah. them in the movie. I think the most as, as sparse as it might be. The most effective thing was Gary Doberman, who of course wrote the Nun. 
um, also used the nun painting in the It movie as well. I'm sorry, whatever that, that thing was. <laughs> that, that, the, that, the painting bit. is terrifying in that goddamn scene. Uh, that first right. scene with it is it's still It reminded me of me. The Conjuring too. It was like, all right, here we go. Oh, geez. Well, there um, is, anyway, any, what other well, news do we have? All right, yeah. well, we got, we got, we're shifting over to Ludlow, Maine. Mm. We're going from Derry oh. to Ludlow. And you know what's in Ludlow? Tell me about it. Pet Cemetery. Hey. Yeah, well, they cast Zelda. Mm. And unlike the original one, Mary Lambert, we're not getting a male playing Zelda this time. Ooh, who is it? Probably uh, some really attractive person. Yes. <laughs> okay, I knew it. I'm really? surprised. Yes. A young, uh, a young Alisa, no, a young Alyssa Brooke Levine. Uh, it just looks like a very vivid child actor. Okay. Uh, not, you know, the kind of gangly male actor that played Zelda in the just, first one. I mean, they'll probably go for a more realistic depiction, I'm assuming, I'm of somebody sure. that would be suffering from that as opposed yeah. to the... The, uh, the grotesque, albeit very effective, yeah. version that we got in the Mary Lambert movie. Okay. All right. So there's some news there. So there's some news there. Uh, Lithgow, you know, or John Lithgow, who's mm-hmm. going to play Judd, he rapped. We saw a photo of him on the motorcycle. So this film is, uh, it's almost out of there. Well, it's almost happening. It's almost, uh, how would you associate this with a pun with Pet Cemetery? It's almost undead? Or it's almost, un- us, you know. It's almost buried? You can't bury the dead. No. <laughs> do you know when this movie is supposed to come out? Yes, I do. It uh, comes out in February. So that's crazy. You know, so I, I so I will charge this. I will, I will read Pet Cemetery. It's the one book well, yeah, next to Rage that I didn't get a chance to actually read, and I will, I will make sure to read it Good. so that when well, we cover the movie, I can bring my new thoughts, fresh thoughts. Well, you have a lot of time because I was wrong. It's not February. Um, I was gonna say that's really soon for April no trailer. 5th, April fifth. Still, oh, I know not, that's still pretty soon. Yeah. That's seven months away, and there's no trailer. I, I, like, out, I like that. That means this movie was announced and is coming out before the It movie, which has been <laughs> what in production forever. Yeah. And now, well, the thing with this is that you got your October? source material, and you know, yeah. it's just kind of here we go. This isn't yeah, like we have yeah. to come up with a brand new movie, like a Halloween Five situation. That's no, true. and and honestly, like what's exciting about this is that this will literally be like coming out a year after we did all our coverage for um, Pet Cemetery. Oh, wow, you're right. Because it was crazy. Because it was like March when we did all our pet cemetery. It was like a pet cemetery month. Yeah, it was pet sem month. Pet sem. What do you think? Uh, is sometimes March is better. Sometimes March is better. There. I mean, this is obviously going to be a modern update. I think. You yeah, think it's going to take place now. I think so. With cell phones. I know. She'll like forget <laughs> on the way on the way thing. back to Maine. She'll forget her 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 cell phone charger or something like that, and that's why she can't get in touch with them or something. Like that. I, I haven't seen any casting for Pascal though, so I'm a little nervous. You know, well, maybe he's only going to be in like the parts of the book that he's in, which would gonna... be much more effective, as, as we all know. Well, as, as far as I'm concerned, my, my, <laughs> my, my, my favorite Here part we about it is the comic relief of the, of the attention. He's a necessary comic relief for a film that is very cold. Uh, so it'll be like if Pascal showed up in The Exorcist at the end, <laughs> like, like yeah, during The Exorcist, he's like, oh, how's, how are things going in there, Father Marin? Like, oh, yeah, first off, he never says, How are things going in all of Pet Cemetery? He does like little fun, like limericks. Oh, you're right. Like, up. Oh, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> I want, you know who I want is Pascal? I want Lee Pace. I, I could see Lee that. Lee Pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see he's that. Supposed, isn't he supposed to be a student at the school? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's supposed to be yeah. younger. He yeah, was Lee supposed Pace. to be a student in that movie. He was about <laughs> yeah, 45 exactly. years old. Right. It, it was actually a, a, an odd, oddly tall professor that got hit by Yeah, why not? <laughs> Change it up. All right. He comes out and he's like, you know, Lewis, I just got to let you know you can't Lewis, do this. I've got to let you know. All right, listen. Is it James Spader Cardiff, Cardiff Giant. Um, <laughs> I wish James Spader would be Pascal, but that's a whole other tangent. Mike, what else do we have here news-wise? <sighs> we got another, we got another piece of casting. Yeah. Exciting. Doctor Sleep has found its Abra Stone. Mm. 
Cool name, by the way. Yeah, a, that is a cool name. It's better uh, than Rose the Hat. Uh, I won't say too much about that. Uh, very, 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 very uh, pivotal character in Doctor Sleep. Hmm. Um, that's Kylie, all I'll say. Kylie Curran uh, mm-hmm. is uh, playing her. And uh don't really know much about her, but looks like she'll be a great Looks star. like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> much to, say, to add on that. Yeah, so... I'm getting more and more curious about this movie. Mm-hmm. Because you guys haven't read the book. I have so. not read right. the book. And I was rem- reading some of these spoilery press releases for her for some weird reason, really mm-hmm. spoiling some stuff. Um, I remembered how much I hated her plot twist with a passion. Yes, I just, uh, well, <laughs> my girlfriend just told me about it. And yeah. uh, my heart uh, stopped and then my stomach hurt. Uh, anyway, that's really it. That's a wrap on all the, the the King news this week. So you know, well, it's been it's been kind of a slow month for King news. I think things are developing behind the scenes right now, yeah. especially with the you know obviously it, it's being filmed. Pet Cemetery is about to wrap up. We're gonna get Doctor Sleep stuff going pretty soon. It looks like, as well as all the um, the Netflix stuff that's going on too. You know, so there we go. Well, we wait, wait, watch out! <laughs> Maximum Overdrive is coming. To Blu-ray. Oh wow. Oh, my God. Finally. <laughs> yes. Did they get Estevez to do the, com- the commentary? Oh, well, guess what? Uh, audio commentary with writer Tony Magistrale, author of Hollywood Stephen King. So, no. Um, and we get an audio commentary by actor and comedian Jonah Ray, who I actually really love Jonah Ray, and uh, Bloomhouse film executive Ryan Turek. Ryan Turek's great. He's actually been providing some key news for us on the he Halloween He was the person podcast. that said that he's a producer with Blumhouse, and he mm-hmm. actually told us that this new Halloween movie is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> great. Shocked. Yeah. Well, we also get a Truck Stop Tales featurette, an interview with producer Martha DeLaurentiis. Ooh, Dino's daughter. Dino's I daughter. Think. Yeah. Uh, we get a Rage Against the Machines featurette, which is a pun on the band. 90s alt rock band. Uh, an interview with actress Laura Harrington. So there's that. Uh, she, I think she was the lead in that, right? Yeah, she is the lead. Yeah, okay. No, no, Emilio Estevez though. This is really un- unfortunate. But ha- uh, there's a honeymoon horrors featurette with interviews from uh, act- actor John Short and actress Yearly Smith, who played the most yes, annoying and, couple. Of course, Yearly Smith went on to be in the show Herman's Heads. Yes, and and uh, of course Lisa Simpson. And of course Lisa Simpson, the greatest character in the Simpsons. So um, we also have Maximum Carnage featurette, an interview with makeup effects uh, creator Dean Gates. A Kid in King's Court featurette, an interview with uh, actor Holter Graham. Holter uh, Graham did the um, audiobook for Christine. Really? Years later. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh. Good, he, good job. Anyway. Oh, how about that? Uh, speaking of Christine, uh, one of our uh, current uh, runners-up for our uh, House of Vans campaign that we're running right now on our site, he has a Christine poster on his uh, skateboard. Oh, awesome. That was pretty cool. I, was, uh, I like that. Uh, there's also going to be the Wilmington Factor featurette, a look back at the filming of Maximum Overdrive with members of the production crew in North Carolina. Maybe we'll Jeez. finally hear all those anecdotes about uh, Tabby's panties. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I wish. That's a pretty... <laughs> well, you know what I like about this Blu-ray collection is not just the features, but the titles of yes. the features. I like, like it. Put some effort they, into it. You got a writer's room for it. It's know. pretty great. But I remember the Bowstar Galactica, there, there was a featurette on um, on, on Dr. Gaius. What's his name? Gaius? What's his name? Gaius. Gaius, yeah, Gaius, Gaius Baltar. And but the feature I was called the doctor is out of his mind. <laughs> I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that, that was pretty. Good. Um, uh, there's two more. Uh, there is a, this is a good one. Who made who featurette? An interview with Murray Engelhart, a co-author of ACDC Maximum, Maximum Rock and Roll. Ooh, because that's my favorite score of all time. Is just hearing Shoot nonstop the ACDC songs. Bang, bang, bang. And um, the God. Goblin Resurrectus featurette, which is the restoration of the Happy Toys Goblin. 
Huh. Still amazing that they were able to get the Green Goblin rights. I know for that. It's, it's so crazy. weird, but All right. it's like so iconic with that story now. Yeah, yeah. Even is. when I was reading this, even when we were reading trucks for uh, Night Shift, I kept picture picturing that yeah. picture that Goblin. Yeah. Well, guess what? Unlike the story, the gas really is out, and mm. uh, we're 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 done. We're, we're, we're we got no more Hollywood King. We got no more Hollywood King. I guess it's kind of time to get to where, where are we supposed to head? Well, let's head to a small town I like to call, and it's actually also called <laughs> Castle Rock. Oh. Matthew Teaver. Do you hear it now? We have to go. As long as that devil walks the streets of Castle Rock, tragedy after tragedy will pile up until he is back in a cage. You believe me, don't you? We made it. We are here, Castle Rock, episode nine. It's chilly. This episode follows um, a character we like to call, and once again, is actually called Henry Deaver, mm-hmm. but with a twist. Who's Henry Deaver? We got two people here. How about that? We got actually three if you want to count the little kid, but mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård. That's How his about name. That? There's your twist. God. Before we get started, the last episode, episode eight, ended with the kid. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. really finally breaking down who he is and his relationship to Molly Strand, played by Mel- Melanie Linsky. And it ends on this cliffhanger of him telling her, you know, in the woods, that's where you died. And boom, the, you know, the episode, I believe it ends on that note. Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, in typical uh, Castle Rock fashion, instead of picking up right where we left off, we are, looks like we're somewhere... Where are we? Because we're in Castle Rock. We are in Castle Rock, but we're not. Uh, we're not in. We're, we're in modern times of Castle Rock, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Um, it's odd. This the the time thing here is very peculiar. It makes eleven twenty two sixty three look like uh, like child's play at this point mm-hmm. in terms of where. Well, it it's taking place in. It's, it takes place currently. Yeah, just in a. What we, I guess, we believe is it's a different when and where. Yeah, it's but it's the dark. It's let's, let's just jump it. Let's just jump it. I mean, it's like a, it's a thinny. It's a thinny. Yeah. It is a thinny. It's a different it's a cross and you know, into another a parallel universe. And time works differently in other places. Sometimes mm-hmm. time is slowed down. Sometimes time is is accelerated. And so, yeah, we are. We start off in another when and where, as would be described in a in a King novel. So basically, the nineteen ninety one mm-hmm. Castle Rock thinny, where you know young. Um, Andre Holland's character of portrayal of Henry Deaver, mm-hmm. he's there in 1991, and the Finney that attack uh, that he goes through takes it to the present, an alternate version of 2018. 18, yeah, for Castle Rock. Right. No. Yeah, I, I can explain it. I can explain this. Oh no, no, you're right. 1991. You're right. You're right. He mm-hmm. cr- he's in the okay. Well, let's just call him. He the actor who's the young Henry Deaver, the young Andre Holland is Khalil Hiller, Khalil Harris. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in 1991, he's in the woods with his father, his adopted father, Matthew Deaver, our Matthew Deaver, okay? Yeah. And this is our young Henry Deaver, or Matthew. God, it's so fucking complicated to <laughs> describe who these people are. Our young Khalil Harris, okay? Mm-hmm. And he crosses over in 1991. Yeah. And that other version it's of Matthew Deaver is 1991 and puts him in the cage, and he doesn't age for 27 years. Much like in 1991 right. when the kid, Bill Skarsgård, crosses over or 1987, I forgot what year it was. Right. He is also locked in a cage for 30 mm-hmm. years, and he doesn't age either. Time is different. So when he's pulled out of that time, they, they don't age, and 
so young Henry Deaver Khalil mm-hmm. has been has been in this other universe in that cage in the basement of for twenty seven years for twenty seven years. And when he crosses back That's over, it's nineteen ninety one. It's only been it's only been like a, a week. week. So it's a lot like eleven twenty two sixty three. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Like in yeah, terms sure. of, like, I'm thinking more of like the Thinny and going to Dash and stuff like that from Dark Tower. But unfortunately, when he comes back, it does not reset anything. Mm-mm. So it's inter- It's very interesting because it also explains why, when he comes back through, his he is just jolted. Doesn't remember all of that because maybe there's something that happens when you're crossing through a Thinny, mm-hmm. or through a schisma or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that you. Maybe you lose that memory. Maybe you. Maybe he's just so traumatized because he was so young when it happened that he just can't make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so I, 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 I really like this whole twist. It's really, I do too. Really, and it's really why smart. it's why he's the kid. It's so complicated. <laughs> Khalil Harris is quiet. Let's call and, him the kid and, and disturbed. Junior. Kid, kid junior. junior. Kid Junior. Yeah. And quiet and disturbed. Because granted, he hasn't aged, but he's still been in that cage for 27 years. It's a psychological thing. And I think the same thing has happened to Bill Skarsgård. He's in the cage for 27 years. And psychologically, I think he starts to maybe believe that he is the devil because he keeps getting told that. It's a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it like psychological torture. In some of those tapes that, that, that Bill Skarsgård is listening to, where Matthew is talking about the schisma and everything, was he taking that young the kid, the kid junior out into the woods. And it, because it seems like no. he was exploring those times. Cause they talk about that, that girl that killed her parents when in like the 1800s or whatever it was. And then you see her later yeah. on. So I didn't know if he was taking him out there to like, to no, he was just no? in the, he was just in the cage the entire time. Oh wow. Cause he would, but he would take young Bill Skarsgård out there, but, and Bill Skarsgård oh, was right. told right. to lie. Right. Like everybody watched the episode. You know what we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. We're, we're good. We're good. So, Basically, the first act of this episode, we are following the kid, Bill Skarsgård. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Slash Henry So we got Dever. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Is, let's just do a key. Here we go. We'll do a key. Billy the Kid and Kid Jr. And Kid Jr. Yeah, cool. there you okay. go. Right. So Billy the Kid is running, and we think, oh, no, the kid's on the run. But guess what? He's just jogging. He's living life in the big city. He's, he appears to be a doctor, at least a medical researcher, and he's trying to figure out a way to cure or to deal with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. He is presumably married or has a girlfriend who he is trying to become pregnant with. And he gets a phone call. Who's the voice on the other end of that line? Alan Pangborn. Hey, he's alive. He's alive. Still alive and Everything's well. fine. Everything's and he's fine. with someone too. Isn't he in Florida? He's in Sarasota. Yeah, well, we'll get to that too. But right. he gets a phone call that says, you need to come home. There's something about your father. And so the rest of the episode takes place in another win and wear of Castle Rock with Billy the Kid as the um, biological son mm-hmm. of this win and wear's Matthew Deaver. Mm-hmm. I, I, that made sense. I did yeah, a pretty good does. job there. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Bill Skarsgård as, uh, as this Matthew Deaver. Once again, another great performance by Bill Skarsgård. Great. Unbelievable. Great. Yeah, it's Henry Deaver. Is this... I'm sorry, it's Henry <laughs> Deaver. We were, we were so close. I know. You know, it's funny. I I came into the season having watched the first four episodes and thinking, oh my gosh, Andre Holland. Andre Holland is going to be the star out of this show that people are going to talk about. And honestly, I got to say, it's going to be Skarsgård. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's really just blown me away with what he's been able to do here and i and i granted all i've really seen with of him before this was just pennywise mm-hmm. uh and 
but this is just another level. I mean, he's just so magnetic and he's magnetic as the creepy kid. And he's equally thrilling just watching him as a human being. It's, as Henry it was Beaver. kind of strange finally seeing him just mm-hmm. actually be a real person. Yeah. Because you just haven't seen that at yeah. all, at all. <laughs> so it's yeah. just very, very weird. Well, and I think with this episode, you're really able to start piecing together the entire season, which is what I was concerned about. For instance, if we go back to episode seven, it appears to be really creepy that he knows so much about Ruth. But the reason he knows so much about Ruth is because that's his mother in another world. Right. That's right. why he knows about how she likes her eggs. And that's why she knows about her history with her husband and everything else. And the music so I feel very validated because yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I did think maybe he's not evil. And he's not. He's yeah. not evil after no, all. You were right. You were... But it's highly satisfying. He's not just some, this isn't some creature from another world that is being used unfairly and treated poorly. No, he just happens to be another human being that was locked up in a cage for 27 years. No, he's a victim of circumstance, yes. which is the majority of the Stephen King characters mm-hmm. when you really think mm-hmm. about it. And that's, to me, very Kingian. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. Oh, this whole thing reeks of King, which yeah. is great. It, the whole twist and everything. It just, it was really satisfying to watch it unfold. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Scott is great. I, I love the fact that he's like researching Alzheimer's because that makes sense mm-hmm. with Ruth because yep. I'm sure she still is having issues with that. I like that they say in- that she's still suffering, but she, she ended up taking the leap years and years earlier. She did leave her husband and, right. and moved to Sarasota. Home of birthplace of Justin Gerber and Matt Gerber. By well, the way. also, <laughs> it right. seems like almost like a sort of tongue in cheek nod to uh, Stephen King because doesn't well he has a house in Clearwater, which isn't that far from Sarasota. Sarasota, right? though he yeah he does you he know? lives around there, so that's nice. So, but that's, what's great also is that you know we find out that Pangborn did end up meeting with them and mm-hmm. became you know I guess well he re, I, did they remarry or did, are they just together now? Just together, together. together. But he didn't he didn't force her to like leave Henry like no. Henry left with her and. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, which is kind of, it's, it's just sweet to know that in this other universe, like she did get out. Well, it's also just a nice subversion to know that what this figure that we considered to be evil um, at one point or just very terrifying actually comes from the idealized like world, mm-hmm. you know, where everything is great, where Dolores Claiborne can have a store. Um, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, so, which we'll go into more in uh, King's Dominion, but the, the the it's just it's it's an interesting intricate like 180 especially after last week which was i thought things were all in disarray that yeah, i was like how the hell crazy. are they gonna wrap this up this is such like strong tight like i'll i'll use you know, a i'll use a baseball analogy for go for it fans out there so the first four episodes the pitcher's off to an incredible start he's mowing down everybody striking everybody out he hasn't given up any runs then around the sixth inning, you know, the batters have seen him a couple of times. They're starting to figure him out. He runs into some trouble. Bases are loaded. He actually ends up giving up a run on like a base hit. You know, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Then, however, seventh inning comes along and he is back on track. He strikes out the side. You know, it's, it's incredible. Nine pitches, nine strikes. It's very rare. Strikes them all out. Eighth inning, uh, we're, we're in some trouble here. It looks like he was going to be able to do a complete game. Couldn't do a complete game, so... We've, we've brought in a really strong reliever for, ep- for episode nine, a.k.a. the end of the eighth inning. And this guy did a great job. So now we are all set up now, much like in Castle Rock, for, for a win. But it all depends on the bottom of the ninth inning. It all depends on episode 10 now because the setup is now there for me, at least. You've got the setup. I like the twist. They're not annoying. They're, not out, of, they're, they're out of left field, but in a good way, in, a, in an entertaining way. So good luck. 
Now, don't blow it. <laughs> we'll find out soon. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice analogy. Yeah, thanks. How you? Oh, by the way, how, how's your team doing? In the, the, Incredible. They're, they're doing great. They're oh like God. five games ahead in the standings. Go Cubs. Cubs. All in. And I'm all in on the show. I'm back in mm-hmm, on the show. I was a little rocky, um, Colorado Rockies, uh, last week yeah. with, with that episode. Because I was just like, oh, God, you're going to introduce this other thing about Molly now. Which Let's talk about Molly. Because yeah, that's another key character that's in this alternate. Um, and um, yeah, and this Rock. when and where Molly is very successful. She's mm-hmm. on the Castle Rock Town Council. You know, she goes to the um, the Mellow Tiger. Everybody's like, hey, Molly, hey, Molly. Yeah. She's, you know. Total opposite. Queen of the town. I think mm-hmm. she's actually called like. Yeah, they go, hey, queen. Yeah, you're like the mayor. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's um, in the council chair or something. Yeah. yeah. And total... she's living her best life as well. Uh, apparently, she doesn't appear to be on addicted to any pills or anything like that. No. And yeah, she had a, a similar childhood with this version of Henry Deaver as well. They would also, you know, use flashlights to identify that they were awake mm-hmm. across the street from one another. Right. Um, and she kind of begins this journey with Henry once Henry discovers. There's somebody in the basement. Yeah. And of course, it's Kid Jr. Kid Jr. Kid Jr. I will try to remember to call him. Um, She's another great performance by her. It's very tough to play the same character in a totally different way. I agree. Especially when we would live with somebody for a couple months, like we have with our version of Molly Strand. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she's great. She's another great performance by Melanie Linsky. No surprise. Sad performance at the end because we know what uh, the kid was talking about. Because uh, she did in indeed the die in the forest. And we do see that scene in a, in a quick cut, I believe, in the last episode. Interesting. Uh, this quick cut cuts in. There's one cut for bleeding in the forest. So so they did foreshadow this. Yeah, they foreshadowed it. It's interesting that the show, with each passing episode, just reveals itself to be so intricately designed. Mm. And I had joked around with the showrunners saying that like when they were writing this, was it like The Wire? Where they just had everything like up on the wall with all the note cards and like all the you know the strands of like the, the yarn like everywhere, and I feel like you have to do that. They with had this. to. They had to. This have is insane. This planned. And the great thing is, is that you can with the ten episode story arc, mm-hmm. you can do that and effectively see it through. Yeah. It's not like you know if this had continued into multiple seasons, good luck trying to make yeah. all this make sense. But this is why this is probably going to be pretty satisfying in terms of a, a, an ending hopefully yeah. well i'd like to go back this is you know we're doing these episode by episode it's very tough to figure out this, the great structure for this because we're obviously going to be yeah, jumping around totally. but i do want to talk about a little bit about the introduction of the episode in which we learned that uh, matthew deaver I, how do i even explain this okay matthew deaver has been leaving hundreds upon hundreds of tape recordings over the yes. years okay which right. is crazy and, and so the monologue at the beginning of the episode we discover is in fact one of those tapes which is very similar to dale lacy's monologue also. very he is basically the, the dale lacy of this world where mm-hmm. he also believes that yeah. keeping this kid locked up yep. is is keeping the devil at bay essentially it's the howling man situation right, right um something of note is in the flashback a very disturbing flashback that matthew has is of his mother like trying to kill him with a hanger Mm-hmm. Any reaction to that? That was pretty yeah, disturbing. Yeah, it was I, I was Ugh. unnerved. You just don't, you do not see stuff like that on TV. And they at, show at all. it. And they show her basically trying to press the, the, the length of that hanger onto the baby's throat. Yeah. To, to, you know, eh, well, she thought he, she, she thought well, he. Well, she thinks he dies. Yeah. And then he's, he comes back. He starts crying. And so she sees it kind of like as a resurrection, as a resurrection of sorts. 
That screws. I'm, I'm sure that would screw him up immediately and hearing yes, that at a young age. I mean, and she just, I'm sure, hammered that into his head, and that's why he became a priest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he says. Um, he literally yeah, says yeah, that because yeah. he felt that he was saved by God, and so he decided to dedicate the rest of his life. And they, they highlight a couple of other um, like horrific incidents in Castle Rock, which is one, a helicopter crash in the middle of the town square, mm-hmm. as well as a school bus being hit by a train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know if any no. of that ever had resonated in a book. Or nothing I, I can remember. I mean, it might be something deep, deep in the story. But I, but I like that about. because if this is an anthology series, maybe, we, we'll, come back. maybe we'll see some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that was another thing. Um, yeah, Justin, did you have anything else with that? Major thing? note, though, the mother... In the episode, I was surprised to see her. It's Mamie Gummer, who's yep. an, an emerging young actor. And I was trying to figure out why was she in this cameo with no dialogue for two minutes. And I realized after some research is that she was on Sam Shaw and Dusty Thomason's Manhattan. Manhattan show. Yeah. So that was a nice little returning the favor, I thought. Very nice. And, she, and she's trying to um, gain some notoriety right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's trying to step out of the shadow of... Her mother, Meryl the Streep. great Meryl Streep from Death Becomes Her, and <laughs> Meryl Streep never done a Stephen King movie. No, that's weird. Who would you have? Who would you have uh, had her play? Um, I think she could play anybody at this point. I think she would have been. Actually, she would have been a really good Annie Wilkes. Well, I was going to say they mm. could do. A, yeah, they could actually. do another Dolores Claiborne and actually have it be her and her real daughter. Any Kathy Bates oh, wow. role, apparently. <laughs> we yeah. should have her in there. <laughs> what about what about the DJ uh, from the stands? She would have been amazing. Would she have been a good Carrie in the seventies? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, sissy. Hey, they were both on the same career trajectory for a long time now. Yeah. And it's just basic, just didn't uh, do a lot of big mainstream stuff that Meryl Streep ended up doing. So. Yeah, Meryl Streep would have been an amazing uh, Sadie Dunhill for if oh, Lesbian 22 it was, like was made in the or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's, she could do anything. She's Meryl Streep. I mean, love she's, Meryl she's Streep. The best. We love Defending Your Life, one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, absolutely charming. I wish she would do more movies. That was like a that. total departure for her at that yeah, time. It's just a laid back movie. Yeah. She's not trying to reach for those, the gold. Uh, and I, by gold, I mean Oscar gold. Mm. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> so jumping again really quickly, because we've kind of been a little bit all over the place, which is just how this episode is in the show. Uh, when he looks at the card, when Henry, uh, when Billy, the kid <laughs> looks at the card that he, that, uh, he's got from either his wife or it, his wife. it, it says love M. Yeah. So I didn't know if that, Matthew, no, I think it's just no, his wife's I, M. Or F, yeah, that's I what know. I thought. But I was like, oh, is this supposed to be someone we maybe know? Or I don't know. Or maybe it was from his mother. Well, here's a question I, I have. Know. It's just interesting. The, the backstory with Matthew, just mm-hmm. to go back for one second, is that that exists in both worlds though, right? I'm assuming so. Yeah. It would make sense if it does. I mean, he's... It, it does. I mean, we even see the... In the woods, we see the tattered and torn, broken schisma box mm-hmm. when Billy the Kid's out there looking In at this stuff. world? Yeah, yeah. Which no, means no, no. In, in, the, in the previous in Billy one. the Kid's world. Yes, yeah, in yeah. Billy the Kid's yeah. world. Yeah. So we know that they built, at some point, someone built that box as not, well. Not as good as uh, the one from, <laughs> I know I'm that like, the wayside no. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I, if only we had another 15-minute exposition sequence. You really did hate that thing. sequence. Yeah, I really would. That, 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 that well, you know, the frustrating thing about that sequence is that in episode eight, and I, I didn't know if you guys covered this on there, but you see uh, that, that man dead. Yes, the cold we did talk about that. And then they never talk about it. They never go back to it. So I'm like... Wait, who killed him? Well, to be I fair, it's, it's, and... got, it's the Culkin kid killed him. Yeah. Right? Because he was going to burn his ears. But, yeah. he, but the kid knew that. I mean, like, they knew. Did he not know that was what they were doing with those pokers? I mean, they even say they Maybe were going to cure him second... tonight and all that stuff. I so think that's going to come back. That, in the <laughs> that will be resolved episode. next week. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. We'll, we'll know soon. We'll see. Yeah. We'll know soon enough. What else is happening in this alternate Castle Rock that we okay, need well, to Okay, well, we over? learn that Matthew Deaver 
left the church probably around the same time his wife and, and child left. That's also very important mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah. And he obviously lived for 27 years. He did not die in 1991. Um, let's talk a little bit about how he found Kid Jr., Khalil Harris. He approached him at his house, mm-hmm. thinking that he was home. Yeah, and he said, he Dad, I heard, I, heard voices in, I heard the voice yeah. in the forest. You know? And so he says, it's a really good monologue. Once again, this guy, fuck, this guy. I love this Adam guy. Adam Rothenberg, knocking, yeah. character actor. Just un, unreal. This great season. as Matthew Deaver. But he says, um, he was just about to call the, the cops and, and, and try to figure out what's going on. But he goes, it was, it was then that I realized what I'd done. I'd wished, not prayed, wished, desire for this, just this. And who gives you what you wish for when you need it most? At that point, he's convinced that the kid was brought to him by the devil. So it's a, it's a little different it's from like the Lacey situation. But Lacey, I don't think Lacey thinks that the, the devil brought it to him. I think he thinks that this kid is essentially the devil. So it's like a different kind of a storyline in that way. They both yeah. believe that there's something evil about the kid, yeah. but they come to that realization in different ways. Exactly. And, I, and I, you know, to, not to keep harping on 11-22-63, but I think that we've what we also discover in this episode is that these sentient beings from different parallels it just destroys the fabric of either time right similar to how jake does when he goes back in time and things start kind of changing around him in Mm. that book i imagine that's why the kid or kid jr i see what you're saying there you know like time is fighting against like what are you doing these people like they're not supposed to be there so Mm -hmm. when they're around bad things start to happen yeah. because they're not supposed to be there. Yeah. And so they're seeing it as them causing these things, which inadvertently they are causing yeah. these, these things to happen, but not intentionally. They're yeah. just out of place and out of time. Yeah. Which again, uh, if I, this really, I usually don't do this these days, but I almost want to go back and rewatch the whole thing now. I yeah. Think so. yeah. Because you think about it different ways because we, we were so insistent and this could still be the case, like just making great contact with these people will like destroy you. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with Dennis and Lacey and how they yeah. killed themselves or got killed soon after. But it wasn't some malevolent thing that the, the people were doing. It's just that they are not supposed to be there. Yeah. And honestly, you go back now and the kid, a.k.a. Skarsgård, is a tragic character. Absolutely. Oh, God. When he says in that episode, obviously episode six, when he says to Pangborn, why did you leave me in the trunk? Knowing that his relationship with Pangborn is probably really good yeah. in his parallel uh. universe. And well, I mean, obviously he's seeing him when he's younger, so he's probably really even more confused. Yeah. But that's just even more tragic because here's this person that he probably was like, oh, here, someone's going to save me. And he leaves him in the trunk. You uh, know, it's just like intense. it's interesting. It's interesting because the the whole season seems to be piling on. I mean, at the time, it just felt like a creepy scene. And I guess in, in hindsight, I thought it was important. But let's go back to that first episode when Henry's in Texas and he's talking to that client of his that's on death row. Uh And she talks about like the idea, the concept of like, Oh, I hope when I die, you know, everything about me, just vanishes, you know, everything goes away. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking about that sequence and with all the revelations that we know now Mm. and what does, what does that say about the role of identity and how we perceive identity and what, Knowing the mediums of what time has done to both the kid and Kid Jr., what is it, you know, to both Henry Devers, basically? Yeah. How do you, you know, contextualize that scene from the first episode now? God, so know. long ago. I have to, I have to rewatch I mean, well, it. She, she essentially, t- yeah, I'll go for it. Well, no, I was just going to say because in that sense, 
it makes me wonder if one of these one of these divas are going to be killed in order to kind of set some kind of balance. And like you were saying, yeah. when they go back through the schisma in Jake's in Jake's you know reality or world, things are reset. Wait, mm-hmm. you said Jake. Yeah, and Jake. Yeah, in in Ellen Twenty Two. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. in this, that's not the case. But what if one of them dies? Yeah. Then does that correct their world or the world they're in or you know what I mean? Like, so it's very. I don't know. I I don't know what's going. To I think the kid needs to get like, back. Yeah. Well, also another thing with the kid getting back. There's isn't there mention that he's they're trying to have a kid. Yes. And I think they're also at that moment you realize that it's the twenty first. There's a there's a drop that that day that they're in right then is I don't know if it's via the newspaper or the phone or whatever or on the TV but it says it's the 21st and that's when the young Henry Deaver went missing. In, oh, good catch! Oh, in, man, really uh, good catch, actually. Yeah, he. I mean, obviously, so he's gonna go missing on the same day. It's just different times, different years. Yeah, so it's literally 27 years very, later. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but what and it's the fall harvest fest and it says it's the sixth annual fall harvest fest of castle rock and i didn't know if that was also something that maybe ah, showed i'm up sure there's I, some festival in all i could think yeah. of was uh was dead zone but that that doesn't take place in no, castle rock at that point <laughs> well that's the, what the fair the freiburg fair or whatever anyway since we're still talking about the episode as a whole what consequences is molly's death going to have on either town I don't think it'll. I think it's she just it's died just in that when and where. I, I don't think it's going to affect the other town. I think the big thing that has to happen for things to be fine again, or as fine as you can be in Castle Rock, is for Skarsgård, um, Billy the Kid, to get back I feel to the, his feel time, the dreams and, and things will be corrected. It's very, it's very Doctor Who too, Mac. If you it is. find some Doctor Who stuff in there too, and, correcting um, time. So can we jump to the 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 jailbreak or the schisma mm-hmm. yeah. basically at this point. Mm-hmm. So we also meet the police officer who was, who gunned down the Shawshank and then killed himself. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis comes back and he's Noel also Fisher. a cop in this reality, but and, it's different, which is also interesting because the Billy, the kid sees him. So when he sees him in the, in the yeah. 27 years in the future, I wonder but if you even there's a crucial him. difference though. Once again, it's like the idealized version. He's not a corrections officer. He's an actual police officer right, right. in the field. Looks again very satisfied and competent and happy with his job too. Right. So and he they're transporting or or he's following the kid and Molly and Deaver back, and of course the kid Junior <laughs> escapes and mm-hmm. uh, because there's a train coming and Molly decides that after having touched uh, kid Junior, she she has, she a, has the she has the what the the shine are we going to call it that sure yeah just call and it the shine. she sees kind of sees what happens. she has the same kind of connection that she does you know I just don't know if she it's not as strong in this world or because she touches him and then all of a sudden she like knows and she feels like we have to help him so they 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 run the train they get you know he jumps out of the car and then they there's a big chase sequence where the th- the two of them are chasing after kid kid Junior. <laughs> And I just the, keep seeing the, the Nick, cop Dennis, the Nick Jr. logo. Yeah, I know. I keep seeing cop, James Bond Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cop, the cop uh, is chasing after them, and he says that he he shoots a fire, he shoots a round in the air to uh, to scare mm-hmm. Molly, but it, somehow it either ricochets or hits her and kills her. Well, I don't know if that's a gun wound. So I thought maybe it was like an 
arrow or something from one of the schisma. People. I thought it was a knife wound from the that woman who had the bloody knife. Yes. So I thought. See, I thought it was a gun. So there's. So okay. So in the schisma, when they're running through the schisma, Molly also can see what's going on. She so they see the. They mentioned earlier that there's a French settler girl who ate her own family to survive. So I wonder if that's going to be in the antho- another anthology. Could be. Maybe that's I, the story I, that starts I, I, off. I, I Castle Rock. hope they don't yeah. have anything to do with anything that we've seen in the series. Yeah. I hope the next uh, next series is just something totally brand new from another time that has not been referenced directly. And they don't do the schisma and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. I think yeah. if, I think the best thing they could do is walk away from that at least mm-hmm. for a season. But um, so we see the French girl. There's also two prisoners escaping probably mm-hmm. from Shawshank and another reality or something back in, it looks like they're in like the old prison yeah, uniforms. Yeah. It's probably Andy. So I thought that in that chase, one of those police officers shot Molly. Do you That's know what I mean? possible too. And then, because it, it, I, I looked like a gunshot, but I'm, maybe I'm The wrong. sound effects, I've, I've seen it twice. The sound effects sounds like a stabbing sound effect. Yeah. But again, we were in this really strange sound design right, of right. dead silence rolling through the woods and then that kind of overwhelming We'll talk about the really good music yeah. and sound design later on. So, but again, I but, think I don't know if I, it's, it's up in the air. I don't know what happened exactly. So Molly is dying, and she tells uh, Billy the kid like run to help him to help yeah. him to run and get to get to help Henry uh, or kid Junior. Bad advice. <laughs> well, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. Um, no, I think it's more like just make sure he gets to where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he chases after kid Junior, and then finally gets to a cliffside. And we see Pangborn reuniting with young Henry, Kid Jr., on, the, on Castle Lake. And the kid is standing there, um, soon to be found by Lacey, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. he's also on, I believe he's also on that same cliffside where he Lacey kills himself. Kills himself. Yes. Yeah. Which is probably Which is even more creepy. I'm hoping that we, uh, the shaggy dog finds him. Yeah, where's the shaggy DA and all this? He's been, uh, he's been gone just, too long. It's ridiculous. Was ridiculous that we haven't seen this Shaggy DA. Um, that's a pretty good wrap on the the actual the actual episode as a yeah. whole. I mean, it's it's a very complicated episode, but unlike some of, for instance, the fast and loose um, dealings of Bad Robots Lost, this feels very. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense, and everything that's happening, it makes sense, and it ties into what we've seen before. It ties up a lot of threads in a good way, but leaves enough open that we can have a really satisfying conclusion. I also love the parallel where he saves the kid. He essentially saves Henry, mm-hmm. kid junior. And then he says, you know, I waited for you. I waited for you to save me. And he's, and he did essentially save him from jail and get him out. So it's, they both saved each other in a weird way. Uh, and then I had a couple other questions. So there was mention of, um, I think Billy, the kid says at some point, the boy in bed next to mine and I thought he was talking about... No, not Billy the Kid, Kid Jr. Kid Jr. says that. Yeah. And I, so I, was, I thought that was really interesting. I was like, what is he, a, a Juniper Hills or something? Or, or like, where? Could like, be what, uh, where, Henry what, Bowers. What was this? I seriously thought they were going to do something like that. Yeah. But um, that would have been crazy. Um, and they mentioned that there's seven dead and ten missing at one point. Is that also... And then I, so I thought there was a similar incident at a Juniper Hill kind of place or something. Well, that's what happened in, in our world. Yeah. When the fire happened. Right, right, Same right. thing, yeah. basically. So, uh, but that's all... Yeah, that's all, all... Honestly, that's all I really had, but I just thought it was such a satisfying ninth episode and you know sometimes in, in, in that hbo show way usually the ninth episode is where everything happens and then the, yeah. the tenth episode is a wrap-up episode so i'm wondering 
just what's going to happen in this next episode at this point. Um, however, if we, if you notice when it cuts back at the very end to the kid telling, basically having told this story to Molly mm-hmm. and he's standing at the window and you see Ash falling outside. Yep. So, you know, the fire is getting even that much closer. So I'm yeah. wondering if this is going to come into play in the next. Well, also in the very beginning of the episode, we're reminded of that fire because we see a little girl in the back seat of a car with the, the mask oh. over her face. Oh, so, yeah. So I'm very excited about this finale. I think it's going to be a pretty intense one. I think hopefully. it's going to be pretty fiery. Oh, we'll see. Maybe the the cause of this fire is uh, is Charlie from Firestarter. Oh, that'd be great. You know, she just comes out. What out? happened? There's a girl there. Because let's not forget, uh, Wendell's just still wandering around Jerusalem's lot. So. Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, there's still a lot to happen. I th- I feel like this finale is going to be 60 minutes long. It's not oh, going to be 45 easily. minutes easily. This we forget. These episodes have been like network length, mm-hmm. which is Worked in yeah. its favor, in my opinion. Yeah. But we're going to get a nice 60-minute finale, if not longer. Maybe a 75-minute finale, which would be fine with me. Uh, I also want to, just as long as we're just jumping around here a little bit more, I think that Khalil Harris in this episode is fucking awesome. I agree. Oh, Kid yeah. Jr. Especially the, the, um, the scene in the, the interrogation room yeah. where he's talking to Billy the Kid and Molly. Yeah. Um, I love the touch of her giving him the sunglasses. It's just really surreal. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the light was obviously affecting him. It looks um, pretty cool, too. He looks pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, that kid does a great job because, again, this is another out of time situation. We've seen him younger before, mm-hmm. but now have to be this disturbed kid who's been in locked yeah. up for 27 years. And yeah. who knows what the hell that does to you? I guess we actually we do know. So by then, he's been there for 27 years? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Intense. Rough. Just like the kid in our world has been there for locked up in Shawshank for twenty seven years. Who would you rather have in our in a world? And no, in either situation, would you be locked up in Shawshank, or would you rather be Kid Junior locked up in that basement? I'd rather hang out with Terry O'Quinn. Me too. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Terry O'Quinn seemed like a nice guy. He had a TV for him and everything. Yeah, Terry O'Quinn's reasoning was a little different. It didn't seem as no, he was also very religious, though. That's the interesting thing. There's the parallels were there from the beginning. We just didn't see them because we didn't know to look for them. Yeah. And that is, that's good storytelling. Right. It's not just trying to build a puzzle and trying to solve the puzzle. It's just, let's, here we are, and now do you see why we're telling the story we're telling? And I think that's why this is much more effective than something like, oh, I don't know, Westworld, which <laughs> is just totally based on jumping onto Reddit at the very end and trying to figure out what's going to happen in two years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is going to be done with. Yeah. God damn it. I can't wait till we get that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like dying. I'm like, I keep refreshing our feed too to see when it drops. Yeah, I checked this morning, but it's still it's not, there. It's not dropped yet. No. Oh, if you're out there, Hulu, let's go. <laughs> we got things to do. Yeah. 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 Well, are we good with uh, walking around the streets of Castle Rock, do you I, think? I think we're, I think we wrapped up the, the, the epi- that yeah. episode. Pretty straightforward. Not bad. To an yeah. extent. I think it's time to jump over to our next category of fan favorite. I'm saying it. Shining moments. I can remember when I was a little boy. My grandmother and I could hold conversations entirely without ever opening our mouths. She called it shining. And for a long time, I thought it was just the two of us that had to shine to us. Just like you probably thought you was the only one. But there are other folks, though mostly they don't know it or don't believe it. All right, well, let's, let's get specific here mm-hmm. about what our favorite moment of the episode is. It's tough to just say, oh, I thought Scar Scar was amazing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. well, it's I, a given. 
I'll, I'll go Mac. real quick. Uh, that that last shot at the music and mm-hmm. Henry, uh, Billy the Kid on at the at the cliffside. Yeah, uh, is just it when it just hit me. I was just like so satisfied by yeah. the whole turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I for me it was the the final few minutes, the sound design in the woods mm-hmm. when you would cut back to. Uh, their world, their world, or whatever, and the chase is happening. There's no music. It's just the rustling of leaves and trees, and and rustling through the forest. And then it would cut back to the schism. I hate calling it the schisma. I we'll know. call it the fucking it's the schisma. <laughs> but the schisma, it the thinny, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And um, that eerie. It's not quite music. It's not. It doesn't sound like a chorus, but it's this really strange sound design by Thomas Newman or whoever the hell did it. Uh, very unnerving. That entire mm-hmm. sequence. Oh, another thing, just to jump in real quick, all the the crows flying or whatever sparrows, sparrows, There's sparrows, and I, I yes, that's what I thought, and yeah. I and I love that a little nod to the dark half. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, Very I think cool. that last week Randall accidentally said crows, and somebody called him out, but Randall's read the dark half, and I'm pretty sure he meant sparrows as well. Mm. So anyway, Mike Roberto Sparrow. Okay, you know Mike. What that's from <laughs> nope, Donnie Darko. All right. Oh, anyway, uh, for me, it's that cliffside sequence. Mm. I, I absolutely just that's that is a similar feeling where it I was, was just, just like, they, I know where this route. is going now. Yeah, you know? I know where we've been. I know where we're going. And there are other worlds than this. That's that's the major thing we learned here. So the knees, the knees um, are this. Yeah, a lot of great moments in this episode, yeah. but those were our those were our favorites. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're gonna <laughs> turn off that light, turn off the shine. And let's head over to the, uh, the Creaky Cemetery. What's the bottom of the truth? Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all. <laughs> Not a lot of scary moments in this one for me. No, it wasn't really a scary no. episode per se. It, even, was, it was an intense episode. Even the Finney sequence to me wasn't that scary. I don't for think it was me, supposed to be like horror scary no, by any means. I think right. that was just supposed to be this level of intensity mm-hmm. because there is a chase happening and you're popping in and out of different worlds. I don't think this is supposed to be a scary episode. I think the scariest thing is the is is knowing is going back in hindsight and thinking mm-hmm. about everything that the kid has endured and how alone and scared it must, he must've been to be just like locked up in this section for both of them for sure. But, but we've seen more of the kid Mm -hmm. of whatever has happened with all the flashbacks there. Mm -hmm. And just being able to go in hindsight with that really did kind of spook me out. And that's actually something that's been kind of lingering in my head for like a few days now that I've, I've watched the episode, just the concept of knowing that you're trapped in another world with people that have no idea who you are and there is literally nowhere to go because the thing just doesn't exist right now for you. Like it's yeah. just, you can't, you can't get there. You've been locked up. No. Uh, for me, uh, definitely mama Deaver trying to kill that baby was just mm-hmm. unnerving. Yeah. That was just good. horrifying. Good as in effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not, I, not I just, uh, I can't even believe they pretended to start to show that I was just, you know, that was intense. I think the psychology of it all, I mean, we've, we've heard the nightmare stories about people who have been locked up in basements for like 30 years or something like that, like that Cleveland situation yeah. or that woman in Germany that was locked up and oh, yeah. assaulted for years by her father. And you just think about all the things that you've done in that time. And I can't imagine like thinking back to 1991, if I had been locked up from 1991 to everything I've experienced to now, like yeah. I, I, 
what that would do to how a human do you being. Even operate, yeah, it's just insane. It's yeah. crazy. That's why I think with with how the kid is when he's discovered in Shawshank in 2018, and Kid Junior is discovered in 2018. There's nothing supernatural about why they're so withdrawn and shut down. I think it's a psychological thing of being told for 27 years that you're the devil and you're the cause of every problem, yeah. and you just start to lose yourself over time. Eminem, um, and that's a sad thing too. Is that when Kid 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 Junior comes back? Because of what happens to his father, he's still demonized in the town. Yeah, that is his own home, his real mm-hmm. home, which yeah. is awful. Yeah. yeah. So it's wonder. I wonder. Let me ask you this question: Is the kid going to get back? Do you think is this going to be a somewhat happy ending, or is this going to be some? Let's, let's save that for room two thirty-seven. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll I got some ideas. I got some ideas. Well, that's it for me for the uh, for the cemetery again. More psychological yeah. horror as opposed yeah. to, or just more psychological intensity as opposed to it being a, like a horror episode. You know? Yeah. You know, I look. We've been kind of racing through the shiny moments section and the the cemetery, but I really do just think this is a very um there's the utility like it's a there this like feels like a a utility episode almost like mm. you just needed this episode to happen to kind of explain and just you know connect the dots it's yeah. just very satisfying yeah it's just it's it yes it's a connecting the dots episode but it's it's very straightforward but it's only straightforward if you've really invested yourself in the show and know and because every beat starts to make sense yeah it, and you're going back and filling in the blanks, you know? I think this episode answers what the problems are and what they have to deal with. And the next episode will be how are you going to solve the problem? Yeah. yeah. And it's a good, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a good, great. it's a good setup for the finale. Uh, quite solid in my opinion. I, here's my question. Uh, actually, I'll save it for our next section. Oh, okay. So we're going to go into the section called Misery. She, she died. She just slipped away. Slipped away? Slipped away? You didn't just slip away. You did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. You murdered my misery. Love that James Con. Why not? Quick question. Favorite James Con movie. Boom. Go. Uh, The Godfather. Hmm. Oh yeah. Um. Probably The Godfather, yeah. Well, it's going to be Thief for me. You think Thief is better than The Godfather? <laughs> I love James Conn and well, Thief oh, better than oh, The Godfather. Okay. James Conn film. James Conn performance, I will say Thief. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll say... Um, Eraser. No, what's that movie that just Mark came out? One by what's one. that movie that just came out last year? Where he All right, like let's get serious, for Christ's sake. <laughs> anyway, question I have here is... Uh, is there any really misery? Have, well, I don't really have too much misery here, but does this episode sort of... Um, does it rectify the uh, the sins of the previous episode? Um, I don't know, but the, the thing is, those other episodes they've happened and they reveal information. And what I'm saying is, I'm confident going into the tenth episode, whereas I was not that confident going into the ninth episode. Yeah. So I, I don't know. For me, honestly, the only two bad episodes for me are the sixth and eighth episodes. So I don't know. I mean. For me, it's really just the eighth episode that's not that great. I don't like why we're giving misery for the whole series, but yeah, the eighth episode just this knocks it back on track. I think it's back on the on the on the on the rails and ready to hit that bus in the next episode. Oh, I nice call back. I, I will say again, it's, it's unfair to judge a season right now because there's still a whole chapter left to tell. Yeah, but I'm wondering. Oh, I'm not saying with the the season. I'm just saying if this is the episode that we're looking at as being the one that kind of resolves in terms of like connecting like for in terms of connective tissue okay does it absolve 
the past sins to keep on the whole Matthew Deaver, uh, Catholic, uh, you know, the, the whole church angle. Does it absolve the sins of the past episodes where you can kind of now go back and go, well, I guess, no, it does make sense now. No, because this doesn't really explain why we had to have that whole thing with the schisma trailer soundproof barrier thing. I don't know why we had to have that yeah. plot. And again, once again, we'll see in the next episode if that's, if there's still a major reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he has to go back to that area and I don't know. Again, it's it's tough that this as an episode is great as part of the season. It was very good. Too. I think it was their way of getting Andre Holland's Deaver to recognize that this is something that actually is real. And and when he thinks he's going crazy and he talks to Molly, I think that's the only real reason for that sequence. I don't think I think they could have done it a different way. I don't yeah. think it was necessarily a hundred percent necessary in terms of how much time they spent with it just to have killed that man and then. Maybe not even go back to it in the next yeah. episode. Well, anyway, but Mike, but, so you yeah. answer your own question. I understand. So, what do you? What, how do you feel about them? I'm not sure yet. My, my 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 biggest concerns, and it's something that you just brought up actually, is the the fat, the fat like the you know the like like you were saying like the the trailer with Harry yeah. Culkin yeah. and um the you know the the whole that whole expositional scene and the reasoning for why Henry had to go to the bed and breakfast and. In my in, in looking back now and seeing how much power the like omniscient narrator has on this show, in hindsight, I'm wondering how important it was for us to need to have the characters follow some sort of path, like as like a detective to figure it out themselves. If we have a narrator that is clearly putting things in motion for us, we're seeing inside Ruth's head, we're going back in the past and seeing the other side with the kid. I just I just don't know if we really needed the the specifics and we could have just been shown it in different ways like mm. maybe other parables could have shown it that way like maybe we sh- we could have seen more flashbacks with Matthew Deaver as opposed to having to have Henry find it, all this stuff out for the sound of the universe through two extraneous characters like it just makes me wonder like how much was really necessary. And that's for me going back and rewatching is going to be the most exciting thing to see yeah. is to be like, well, what would work if you really chopped it down and do you need all these other things? I think it well, also functions as a TV series. Though, I agree. You no, have to have, no, you do. it's not so yeah. much yeah. that the fat, like, like you described it, Mike, the fat for me is the whole sequence in the trailer and mm-hmm. the exposition sequence for me. That's, that sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Um, but I have, watch the early episodes multiple times and I don't look back and say, well, we could have done this. A different, maybe we could have done certain things a different way, but it was still wholly entertaining. I agree. To no, yes, to this point yeah, where I no, don't feel that's like, what I mean. well, why if it was now, I will say this, if like the first four episodes were boring as hell, then we could look back and say, well, why didn't you just do this instead? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, again, which isn't the case. We'll, we'll, we'll have a whole new discussion in about a week. Yeah. Cause a lot of things mm-hmm. will either be made like maybe the whole trailer sequence for me will now be worth it because yeah. of the 10th episode yeah. or maybe, the tenth episode will not be satisfying, and we'll really look back and say, "Well, why did we do X, Y, and Z?" Yeah, you know. In, in terms of the actual misery for this episode, I didn't have much. I thought that this the 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 wood sequence was a little too thirteen ghosts for me. 
But other than that, um, really, I thought, I, I thought that was my favorite part of the episode. So I, it's just the seeing all the things like popping up and like the like, like almost it just felt very like Halloween Horror Nights, like Thirteen Ghosts to me. Uh, what was what popped up and did the like scare? the woman with like the you know like the eighteenth century nineteenth century woman that just like looked like she was kind of like mugging the camera a little bit. It just it, uh, it reminded me. It just yeah. felt like for me, I thought there was a more effective way to do it, and as it, is like seeing. I'm trying to think of like a good example that does this. Like almost like, you know, that sequence in this is such a rage. It's more of a subtle way. of doing Yeah. It. Like, you know, when, when you go through the haunted mansion yes. in mm-hmm. Disney, for me, the scariest parts of that ride are the things where the, the, the ghosts aren't actually uh, like even looking at you or doing anything. Yeah. It's just, you're seeing things that just exist like the ballroom where the, the, the I, thing I, are dancing or the ghost that just happens to be standing there as opposed to the three morons that are just like staring at you going like, or the like heads that, that or the heads that I think the challenge of that though you know. is if they were just walking through the woods, you could do that. Mm-hmm. But because they're running, I know that's it's the, hard yeah. to just sit down, like, like stop and like watch something happen. They're, they're running and like running into people or running yeah. into and events. And these people are also seeing them. They're not, they are seeing like that little girl sees them. Yeah. They're yeah. Cause they all are now. They're all entities. Yeah. And that thing. So real. that's also another reason why I didn't, that didn't bother me too much. If it was if it was a situation where they were there, but they, no one really could see them, they were mm-hmm. just in between worlds or something. That would be one thing, but I, yeah, so that didn't bother me too much. No. Um, uh, the misery for me, again, really good episode, but I think as much as I liked the last act after the quote unquote commercial break, it it seemed it was a little rushed mm-hmm. at the end. Like I really I wish we could have spread this out into maybe two episodes actually, and then. Kind of spent time in this world for two episodes. Yeah, maybe. that would have been hard though. But um, well, I don't know. I mean, you could have spent a couple of days with him in Castle Rock and figuring things out a little bit too. If it was a longer show, yeah. Because if it was I, like a twenty-two episode yeah, season, this would have been yeah, two episodes. Yeah. Because going then going back and and only giving well, I guess they are only giving uh, Andre Holland and that whole situation one more episode. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. If I, it was a little bit longer. You know of a season, I wish it was thirteen a, episode I, season. <laughs> I wish it was a sixty minute episode like the Ruth Deaver mm-hmm. episode. Was. I agree. This yeah, could have been I sixty agree. minutes, and and that would have been fine with me. Yeah. Um. But Mac, did you have anything? Did you say anything for misery? No. I. You know. I. I really. There wasn't anything I really disliked. I. I. Nothing really outright that I didn't think was wholly satisfying for me. I thought it was just compared to that last episode. I. Which I just ate this one up because yeah. I, I that mm-hmm. last episode kind of turned me off a little bit. I really wasn't a big fan of it at all. It felt like American Horror Story. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like shoehorned in this couple that killed people. I don't know. It was just kind of. I mean, I get what they were doing, but it just for me it didn't work. So yeah. this was just so satisfying when we got to spend with the kid with uh, Billy the kid and uh, <laughs> figuring and out his Jr. whole history and seeing all the wrongs in our castle rock kind of righted with like molly having a really well-adjusted life and yeah you know alan's still alive and they're still happy in sarasota and sarasota again where we were born birthplace (laughs) oh yeah reminds me of a a jim belushi's mr destiny (laughs) god i wish i had that ball um yeah so so i didn't have any misery really all right well good let's move on to our our next category a fan favorite Again, another fan favorite. They love wow. these. They love these categories. A category called King's Dominion. There's another world out there. I know there is.
Now I'm really interested because I didn't really catch anything, but you guys are a little bit more versed. So what? What was there any Kings Dominion? Well, in this I, admit, I had already yeah. kind of spoiled it before, but in the in the beginning when you see um, the Billy the Kid walking through the town area, like you see like a um, a store that has Claiborne Claiborne Creamery. Yeah. Oh. So maybe something. Uh, you know, Dolores Claiborne. Yeah, it's Dolores Claiborne. Little joke there. Yeah. Um, nice. I liked just in terms of set design. This isn't really a specific King thing, but they have the mo- Moxie drinks, which are yeah. a uh, New England, New Hampshire yep. area dr- popular drink, and they've they've popped up in various Stephen King stories over the years. As a matter of fact, it pops up in Old Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Um, and we which, talked about by the, the sparrows. Way, the sparrows are flying as well. The sparrows that, are flying. That we have to acknowledge that Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three is a Hulu property. So yeah, true, true. it makes sense that there are a lot of illusions and could be ties and very well could actually take place in the same fucking universe that they really wanted to. Well, because it does, technically. It's all the same production also, company. Yeah, it's dairy. So, production company. It's dairy. Yeah. yeah. There's a dairy plot. Yeah. So there you go. Although in the, I, I take it back, there's no dairy in um, the Hulu. Uh, I was going to say, I don't, I don't right? remember them yeah. saying Hulu or, uh, or dairy. And that's dairy. fine. That, I, have no, I have no issue with how they took that out if you want it to be a singular story. Anything else? Uh, this is very much a nice testament to how really good this show is it doesn't rely on king easter eggs or you know to 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 be entertaining that's all anyway anything else for king's dominion mike well trying to think the finney (laughs) wow we should have said that yeah the finney Finney is a big part this i I feel like this episode absolutely confirms everything that we've been discussing with the dark tower yeah is this the the best Dark Tower adaptation that we've seen? I will say, <laughs> when when we're running through there, I felt like this felt more to me like the Dark Tower than the entirety of the Dark Tower movie. I got, I got chills thinking about how close yeah. we are to being in a Dark Tower story. What mm-hmm. if they had run into Roland and, and the crew? That would have been, honestly, I've been, if you, if there's like a moment where he's looking off over here, like the woman maybe, and like you see like, Elba? like the, a sliver of like a blue shirt going behind a tree, and it's Roland or something like that. That would have been a great Easter egg. If you see him like off in the distance, you like quickly. Have, you, know? you just have Idris walk by. It's not Idris is done. He's not going to be rolling anymore. It's over. They blew it. They, they blew it. They, 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 he was great, and they blew it. Oh, man. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to room 237, I guess. Let's go. What about room 237? Room 237? So room 237, this is going to be where we, again, pretty much come up with our own theories, conspiracy or otherwise, Mm -hmm. as to what's going to happen next. So uh, in order to satisfy Justin's uh, cabin in the woods, the, the schisma room, uh, thing I I think that Andre Holland will either die saving the kid mm. or save the kid, but then in order to stop hearing the schisma, put out his ears like that man did, Ugh. which would bring that back in a satisfying way to an extent, you know. Or Rory Culkin's character does it, or, or yeah, or something like that. Uh, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I just hope they do something like that to rep, to kind of wrap that storyline up, or at least have Rory Culkin come back in some way. Um, now that the, the other gentleman is dead, um, I hope that I really want Andre Holland to save the kid, and I want the ending to be 
it's it's a week later and the kid is reunited with his wife who's just had the baby. Yeah, I would not be surprised if that's what happens. I have a dark ending I just thought about. Yeah, yeah. I think that I'm not I have no idea what's going to happen in this next episode. But <laughs> I don't either. I wouldn't be No, I would still be surprised. This is all absolute conspiracy theory right now. Yeah. Um I feel like Henry's going to help the kid get back over, but something's going to happen and Henry's going to die. Get, he's going to get shot or something like that, getting him over. He's not going to know who he is. You know what I mean? They're not going to know who he is. Well, you know, I also just thought maybe it's going to, maybe they'll do like a, a 12 monkeys kind of thing mm-hmm. where he's crossing over, but he gets killed in, in a, like a, like a alternate time in it, like in, in like that French girls, the French settler time or something. Mm-hmm. Well, and then we see like something where there was an unexplained man died. Da, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned like the 12 the monkeys. Cause that's actually one of my like theories is that, it's weird that you have this two very different versions of Henry Deaver mm-hmm. that are that could inexplicably be explained through this thingy. Why Henry Deaver, the adopted Henry Deaver, came to this family in this universe. It's just it's strange that it would be one thing if you had like two different versions of Skarsgård mm-hmm. and you know you have some weird doppelgangers and stuff, but there is literally a split here and they are the same name and so it's just based on because in one universe he's adopted but we don't know why he's adopted and we don't know who his original father is i don't think that's we don't know but i don't know i I, I, I think it's matthew and and ruth couldn't conceive they couldn't have children in that in this that universe universe. Yeah. yeah but don't don't you think it's 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 still bizarre that you have this you know he's a child he comes over. He crosses. I just feel like they could do a, a Twelve Monkeys thing thing that explains that maybe he came from a different part of the like maybe he came from the Thinny in like another universe or maybe he's like the fact that we don't know anything about his background other than but the only way I think it's an adoption. To- a lot of adopted kids don't know anything about their lives and it's just you know I yeah don't, I don't know if that's gonna be an interesting. I mean I see what you're saying. The- like they could easily do something that explains they could. where but it would be weird. Maybe he's actually even from. <laughs> You know, uh, Billy the Kid's uh, universe somehow, or you know, and originally went back, and you know, I. But it's I don't know. I just think that there's something that they can do that explain where I think I I still feel like this is bad robot, and everyone's upbringing is such a huge ordeal in the Abrams universe. I wonder if that is going to come into play for this. I will say something about the bad robot Mm. thing. I want to say something about that. J.J. Abrams helped helped this show get made yeah but if you look at the cast and crew and the writers involved i don't think any of them have ever written for lost i don't think any of them have ever written for alias or any other bad robot show so i don't think he was saying okay guys i'm gonna let you do whatever you guys want to do but make sure that you make it overly complicated i don't think i don't think i don't think he's i don't think he's probably even been on set i don't know if he's checking in on meetings he's doing star wars i'm I'm I've got more faith if this was a jj abrams led show like and he didn't even fucking lead Lost. So if this was a J.J. Abrams show that he was executive producing, literally on set all the time, mm-hmm. was the showrunner, yeah. then I have more concerns. But right now, the good news is, I didn't want to see Manhattan. But right now, I've got total faith in, in Thompson and Thompson and, and Sam Shaw. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No, I do too. I do too. I can't keep, I can't keep I bemoaning it's, it's bad robots. Bad no, but robot. I'm not, when I say bad robot, I'm not exactly bemoaning. I'm just looking at their brand and their aesthetic of things. Because they all tend to really be... Majority of their stories 
tend to be awash in taking narrative and creating puzzle pieces out of it. And they did that already. And they did that. But and, I don't but, think but that, I don't, that is a, that's not a, it's never been like a mystery to me where Henry Deaver, where the Andre Holland and Henry Deaver came from. I didn't really care but they keep, But they bring it up multiple times in the show. Because like I even think, his, but, even but his I, son keeps, like his son Wendell brings it up and he's like, well, no, they're my real family. But I feel like they needed to do that because to explain, so that's why it's yeah. such a clear thing when we see Billy the Kid, Henry Deaver, and we realize that he is actually the biological son. And so that's just, I think they're just establishing that so that now it's, it's, it stands out even more that, in, that we're in a different universe, that this is actually their, you know. I, and I think I, I, I don't know. it I don't was th- also clever that they had, listen, let's be honest, that, it's a, that they adapted a black child. Yeah. Because the last thing that you would ever think of is comparing Andre Holland and Bill Skarsgård as possibly being the same I agree. Person, no, that's great. You know, not the same person, but the same like be coming from the same family or have any tie whatsoever. Well, that's what they did in spoiler alert, like Spider-Man homecoming, you know? Oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Where you had yeah, absolutely yeah. no idea that that would, would happen either. So yeah, no, maybe, I mean, maybe it is this, you know, a way of, you know, misdirection. I'm sure someone could write an op-ed about how that's offensive, but anyway, um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, there's any way you can make that offensive. I just think that, in terms of being an observer of a television show, the last thing that you would ever make a connection of is, oh, this is Henry Deaver from another. This yeah. is Henry Deaver well, from another universe. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. You know, if, if if it was like, um, Stellan Skarsgård as the other Henry Deaver, then it's like, oh, well, there must be some connection here because they're brothers in real life. You know. Right. All right. So let's let's think th- some things over before we get out of room two thirty seven. Okay. For some predictions for next next episode, do we see Alan Pangborn next episode? I wouldn't be surprised if something happens and he is able to come back or something. Well, like that. again, if if they end it, I just want a happy ending, which is not going to happen. But maybe for some characters it will be. But I think if, that's if, the case. If the kid does get back and and has the kid and has his own kid, I think there might be a hospital sequence where we do see Ruth and Alan there again at the mm-hmm. end, and it's a happy family, it's a happy outcome. It's like I leave the weapon. But then I think we go back. To like Andre Holland dying in the woods or something, and like that, just like that, that world, even though it's cured now of that, well, technically cured because Castle Rock's always been kind of evil and haunted. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of a sad, I think it's going to be a little, um, kind of the end of Lost. It'll be know? a bittersweet <laughs> ending, yeah. I It'll think so. it's going to be bittersweet. There'll be some happy yeah. endings and then there'll be some sad well, endings. It's gonna be like a Stephen King book, exactly. I was just going to say, it's like the best of both worlds. Well, I think respect. about this, I think, I think, Hen- I think. Henry, Billy the Kid was there when Molly died. I think Molly's going to be there when Audrey Holland's dying in the woods. I agree. I think it's a swap. Yeah. I think, I'm, gonna, I'm actually getting really excited for this finale. Yeah, because this too. finale, I have a feeling, we don't know, we don't have the press release yet, but I feel like Sam Shaw or, or Thomason probably wrote the finale. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they've got because they've really, they've really dialed up some incredible leads, especially that, that Sissy Spacek episode, obviously. And I really am confident now that they have known where this is going this entire time. They, they're really starting to connect all the dots in a satisfying way and that they will deliver. I'm not going to be, I'm definitely not pessimistic like I was last week. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, so I have another huge th- theory here. Okay, go <laughs> Total for it. Total theory. Because I got a few more questions. Too. But this, um, so, oh. you know, like Matthew D was saying that the woods were his church mm-hmm. and that there's this forest fire coming through. Maybe this forest fire oh, that's gonna play a big is role the too. thing, but there maybe this is the, th- the forest fire is the thing that kind of destroys this specific thinny. So closes the gap mm. and the kid is able to go back over, but 
Henry dies in the forest fire. And that was going to be my next question. Is, yeah. Do we think that the Castle Rock that we start with is going to be destroyed by the fire? Oh, no. I don't know if it, I don't know if the town's going to be mm. destroyed, but I think that that specific woods near Castle down. Lake are going to burn down, and that somehow that's going to screw with the schisma there, the thinny. and being able to get to it to begin. Yes, with. right. That's right. a good point. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I, man, I just, I, be, I mean, I cannot wait for this. I, watch it. <laughs> what if they're just like, we, the first five minutes, they're like, we've got the fire under control. <laughs> like, it doesn't even play into the episode at all. Yeah, right. Uh, it's just a looming fine. thing. They just, yeah, they're like, everything's fine. You might be a little ash, but um, we've caught, we've, we've, we've put out the fire. <laughs> it just totally derails. That's uh, it? Oh, something else. I don't think you guys mentioned in the last episode. Did you mention the fact that they were both wearing the same shirt? We did not. Okay, just no, in case anybody no, out there, no. I think we had some people. Mm, We've, but we yeah, had, yeah, uh, I noticed that he's wearing the same. He was wearing the same striped shirt. Anyway, yeah, we had a, a lot of people complain about that and um, about the episode. Uh, well, we can do. It was. It was. A, sometimes <laughs> we forget to mention things yeah. on this. Show, yeah. But we, if you all saw it, everybody's happy. Yeah. Anyway, you said you have some other questions, Mike. A couple more. All right. Ruth. Does she? Uh, w- w- what do we think is going on with Ruth right now in the current uh, Castle Rock? Well, all we know is that she left off. She was at the, the, was church, at the church with the priest, saying, asking if Alan was dead or alive. And so we know that she still doesn't know quite which reality she's in. Um, I, I mean, we're definitely going to get more of her in the next episode. Oh, absolutely. We're definitely going to get some kind of wrap up there. Uh, I think that'll be a sadder one. Mm-hmm. Her yeah. storyline will not end in yeah. a no. happy way, in my opinion. Um. But yeah, that's that's where we left off with her. I yeah. don't know where she is now, but she could have left the church. But do we see any Salem's lot? No, I don't think no. we do. No. But I kind of like the idea if if Andre Holland dies, who's to say at some point his son and maybe the maybe the next series takes place in the future and he's grown up and he's not the main character but a side character in the town of Salem. So it's place like in 2045. Yeah. <laughs> with, Mark, you know, Mark, not, show. with Mark show. With Mark No, just like 10 years in the future or something, you know? Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. it's not like crazy futuristic or something, but like <laughs> flying cars. <laughs> we got to get we got the flying car of Salem. Unless lot. that was just a, a nod to it just seems like he it's a weird place for him to randomly get off unless that's where they're living, but they yeah. didn't mention that, right? Doesn't he live in a completely different state? He does. He lives in Boston. Yeah. So it's just weird. I think that he would get it out. It seemed there. like he was getting off to head back to. He's thirty four miles yeah, away I'm from thinking, Castle Rock. Yeah. I'm thinking he makes his way back. But I like. I I do love that little nod to Jerusalem's lot. Ooh. Next question: Are we going to see any other uh, Easter eggs in this tenth episode that we haven't seen that are ties to other Stephen King novels? Yeah, I think, sure. I think we'll. I think we have to see Christine. Didn't he mention that Christine he was going to be in this? Unless it is in that lot parking lot scene, in the, in the junk lot scene with Pangborn. The only I thing I saw catch. were some parts that could be considered maybe the red, you know, part Well, of I think it's funny if they were like, oh, well, that that cube over there is Christine. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I mean, I mean I, honestly, I'm fine if they don't have that in there, but I think it'd be funny if they just show um, cars evacuating the town and then you just happen to see the Plymouth Fury slide by like hey there's no driver in that car it just totally (laughs) takes you right out of it why is there a dead man driving that car why is a dead arnie in there (laughs) last question are we gonna see cooge oh yeah i think it's gonna you know what's gonna happen i think it's gonna be an ending where everything seems like it's a happy ending right and henry deaver's in the woods and there's a great thomas newman swelling music that's playing he turns around he sees his dog ambling towards him he's like oh hey cujo 
and he gets closer and closer in discovery. He's rabid, and it just ends with him screaming. No, Let me ask you a question. I, I if think... that happens, would this drop this down from like a really successful series to just a, they fuck everything up and ruin the entire I fumbled show? It, no. I, it did a total Marshawn, or no, total uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks. Interception right in the end zone. Absolute bullshit. I um, think it's, there's going to be two endings. <laughs> One ending would be at the very end, we see the burnt out woods of Castle Rock near Castle Lake, and we see the shaggy DA show up again. Yes. And then, bam, Cujo grabs Cujo him. Cujo grabs him. Ooh. Or it'll be an ending where you hear Matthew Deaver's voiceover, and they show a man in a hat and a coat, and you think it's the devil, but when he turns around, it's actually Cujo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cujo in a suit? Like McGruff? Yeah, like on Cujo Street, on King Street. And he's like solving crimes. <laughs> I have a question. I, I, I do question. love this Pet Cemetery ending that you're thinking of. Oh, like, God. Ah! Ah! And it's like Cujo. And, and can you imagine people that are not familiar with Cujo and being like, what? What? Well, they mentioned uh, okay, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, another question. Will Terry O'Quinn show up again? Yes. Okay, I think he will too. I think Lacey has to be a part of this. I think he will oh. wrap it up in, this, in a final monologue. How creepy would it be? How creepy would it be if if the kid in his own world and everything's fine, but he runs into Lacey on the street mm. and just like knows it's to me, that's kind of like that storm of the century ending, you know, like he knows that in that world, like keeping him there for 27 years, but in this world, he's probably just some normal, guy. good, a good, and uh, like how creepy, but, but knowing that he'll never really quite be free of that experience because yeah. there's okay. so many things in Castle Rock. I have, another, I have another question. Okay. Some, some loose threads. Mm-hmm. See if these will be tied up. Yeah. Okay. Will. Is that sequence, um, I can't remember if it was episode two or three, where there's that weird like kid court going on? Two. Episode two. Do you think that, that that will be resolved, or is that just a showing of like how weird Castle Rock is? I think, it's just a, I think it was just a portrait of Castle Rock. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, because it was I, just know. a highlight to show that how screwed up the kids and community are due to all the, the, the fathers and mm-hmm. Shawshank kind of thing. Yes. I, I kind of yeah. like that, how they're, they're always going to court, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Molly's she keeps seeing Matthew Deaver with like the wrapped up head. Mm-hmm. Halloween for Matthew Deaver. It's yeah, it's a uh, Tom Morga, like a stuntman. Um, I think that if you, you want to read Halloween one. news, go back to <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, the original guy. I can't believe I remembered that. Uh, oh, do you know great... why I remember that? Because I just listened to this Friday Thirteenth podcast, oh. and they talk about Tom Morga as Jason in the fifth movie. Oh, interesting. Wow. He played Jason and Michael Myers. Anyway, back I to the major that, question at hand. Yeah, I think they'll wrap it up. I think that she somehow in this whole in sequence of the woods, so she'll find some peace there with Matthew disappearing or something. Maybe she'll kill her sister <laughs> for being mean I to still, her. I still can't get over this idea of 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 Henry standing at like you know Castle Lake and. Not only does he see Cujo, but then there's someone there nearby <laughs> that screams, "He's rabbit!" <laughs> no, no, no. We we discover he's rabbit. We discover he's rabbit. Closer and closer. Oh, I imagine the... someone's like, "Watch out, he's rabbit!" <laughs> it's the Shaggy DA. <laughs> and it's the shag- yeah, the Shaggy DA starts talking. Was he's in like a coat. Well, yeah, was it Chevy doesn't... Chase in like mid transformation, like with like the the, the black <laughs> nose and like the hair? Like, watch out, he's rabbit. With his false teeth because of all the coke he did in the eighties. Now the Shaggy DA um, does exist, right? That is a film, right? Yes, yes. That's what I was saying. But, but he turned a into a dog. Film to yeah. to the Shaggy Dog. I think so. Yeah, it's right? a sequel yeah. to the Shaggy Dog. I'm not talking about the Tim Allen remake. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm trying to think if there's anything else loose thread wise besides a great Sunvolt song. Do we? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to have any allusions to Johnny Smith? No. 
Nothing. No, I think we've already had enough. We've no had, mention of Stilson. We've nothing. had enough. We had a lot of Frank Dodd mentions. We had Frank Dodd. Yeah. We had Frank That's Dodd. Enough. I think we might get, we'll, we'll, we will get just as much as we've received before. I don't think we're going to get some weird onslaught of stuff. It's too late in the game for that. Will Leland Gaunt somehow factor into this? I'm it's going to actually it'll be him saying he's Robert. He's Robert. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to think it's him at the end. He's going to turn around. It's Cujo. In, be great. In the coat. Oh, I by the so. way, <laughs> I, I want that for to all you, for all of you, um, alt country historians out there, I made a huge mistake. The Sunvolt song is actually called Loose String. I apologize. But a string can also be attributed to a thread. So I think that my really funny joke or a, still a works. strand, uh, Molly Strand. Ah, oh, <laughs> loose strand, strand bookstore. Find the pieces don't fit in. Well, that's loose it for me strand. in terms of theories. I yeah. think I don't. I mean, we. I mean, we could keep going with our crazy yeah, right? theories. Jesus Christ! Which is, we should uh, just keep talking about. Do you think? Like, do you think the preacher will return? <laughs> just every we literally mentioned everybody we've met so far. Do you think that the widow of that guy? Well, who you died know, oh, oh, I, I do have a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have one more too. What are we doing with Jackie? That's Torrance? exactly what I That's was thinking. That's a great. Yeah. I re- remember I was insistent that she would have a bottle episode. I was convinced yeah. that they were going to give her. Closest her own we moment. got was with the kid, and that was like two minutes. And the last episode, and this last episode, what a. Uh, I, I thought that was so on the nose. I can't talk about this anymore. All right. Well, yeah, I just, I, I, it was not good. But what but was anyways, your other question? Yeah. Was that that the question? was the one. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's that, the, that doesn't that feel like a producer's room? Like, okay, Sam and Dusty, we'll let you do this. But um, don't you think it would be fun, guys, if you had like, I don't know, a Jackie Torrance in there? And they're like, <laughs> okay, fine, we'll do it. It felt like such a concession. Well, it's like, it's, it's like the episode of The Simpsons with Poochie. And they're like, hey, we need a you know a dog from hell, uh, Sarah. Okay, um, another <laughs> another awful ending scenario that would make you hate the entire show if this happens. Mm-hmm. The show ends, everything's happy, everybody's happy, everything's resolved, and they're like, Jackie, what about you? What are you gonna do next? I got this offer to to watch this abandoned hotel throughout oh, the winter my in Colorado. Fucking gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or she she goes to Schisma and ends up at the hotel. Oh God! <laughs> and it's the Kubrick version because that's canon with uh, Stephen King. So that's right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Stevie. Uh, are we ready to give our final thoughts? Because I'm, I'm, I got some thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah let's give our yeah. final thoughts. Now don't give me any arguments. The ice is going to break. All right, so how many um, shiny, bright red, Pennywise clown noses, Mike? Give four and a half. Ooh, four and a half. Wow. Yeah. 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 I didn't really have much to be miserable about other than my, you know, my little thing about the, the schisma at mm-hmm. the end. And this was a redemptive episode. Yes. I mean, I gave yeah. three bright red Pennywise clown noses to last week's episode. That was a generous three. I wouldn't have given it. I would have given it like a two and a half, maybe. And this just, it changes the game for the show without it. I mean, it's just really fucking solid. And the fact that you were able to take, again, this is all the power of Skarsgård. Some of that it's so legitimately frightening. It would be like if 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 you took the shape from Halloween and in Halloween five when it starts crying and talking, basically, if that would have been effective. Yeah. That's, right. that's literally what they did with this. Like you took the scariest portion of the show yeah. and made him human. Well, and I love him. I love him. I, I he's I mean, it helps that Skarsgard is like down just just gorgeous. But it also, but it's just, he, I don't, I wasn't frightened by him during this episode. I was really rooting for him. And now I see him as the, the tragic character of the show, which yeah. is crazy. Like crazy. But, it's, but again, this is not in some lame. No. Um, I can't, I can't find the right word to describe it. It's not like he's just some random entity that's a force of good or a force of evil. He's a human being that was locked up for 27 years. I like that. I like that twist a lot. 
I'm um, gonna go Matt? ahead and give it four bright red Pennywise clown mm-hmm. noses, and I give it four, not four and a half, because as satisfying as it was, it didn't like blow me away necessarily. There weren't, there wasn't. I guess if I'm giving five to this episode seven, the Ruth Deaver episode. It just it did not come close to that, so I need to give it a four instead of four and a half. But I, I agree with you. I yeah. think that now I'm really excited about watching uh, Billy the Kid's finale and seeing what happens with him. I also think actually I'm, go I'm back and take it four. Fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I like well, your argument. I agree because right, well, it's, well, it's a little too close to seven. But I think that uh, the best heroes are villains. Like I love like Rucker Hauer and Lady Hawk. I think I love yeah. when, when you have these people that play these bad guys and then you, you, you make them good guys. And I, they are always, uh, there's just, you just want to root for them even more. I don't know why it's just, it's like this underdog factor in a sense, but, um, yeah, I just, I thought it was really, really well done and executed. It just, it focuses up the series for hopefully a strong finale. Um, so I'm, I'm just glad it's, it's, it's coming in when, at episode nine. I think they've done a really good job of um, having these redemptive episodes because I think the sixth episode was weak and then that seventh episode was amazing. I thought the eighth episode was weak and I thought this episode was also really, really good. I'm going to give it four bright red Pennywise clown nose. I think it's, I would say it's probably the second best episode of the season, possi- mm. possibly. Although, man, it's tough because I watched those first four in a row so they kind of bleed together at this yeah. point. Um but it's, it's up there. It's, it's a really great episode of television. And if we go back to Bad Robot again, unlike the penultimate episode of Lost, where we have that total sidetrack oh, episode. The worst. The worst. I did not mind it here at all no. because everything that happens, once again, much like the Ruth Deaver quote-unquote ball episode, ties into everything that is happening and has an effect on what is about to happen. So in that, in that regard, I'm fine with this. Another diversion. Uh, rock solid again. Like everything you were saying about Scarsgard Mac, I agree with. Um, again, really looking forward to episode ten. And a few days ago, I was very worried about where the show was going to go. And again, you know, this could all go to shit in a week. It'd be very unsatisfying. But on the flip side, it could also be another episode seven. You know, and I'm not talking about Force Awakens, but <laughs> but I'm also excited because we've gotten so much good in this season. That and this has already been picked up for a second season. That I, I feel like I'm I'm so excited that we're gonna get another story, yeah. um, because any, anything that happens here, it's not gonna affect the next season. You know, like next season's gonna be a wholly its own thing. So I'm just glad that we're getting this in this King resurgence. We're getting really quality episodes, like episode seven. That's gonna go down in, in history. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's a great, yeah, great episode of television. And uh, I'm just glad that we're getting some of this stuff, regardless. So. I agree. Uh, to quote Jean Valjean and Les Miserables, may I say, we are agreed. <laughs> may I say, we, we are, are agreed. agreed. Well, on that note, thanks for tuning in once again. To <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. This is Labor Day weekend that we're recording this. It's yes. literally Labor Day. That we're I know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, a podcast on a beautiful Monday Labor Day afternoon for all of you listeners out there. So you better appreciate it's us. It's storming outside with a tornado watch, I think. Is what? it really? Yeah, yeah. Well, in yeah. certain areas, for my, sure. my stomach's storming because I'm starving. Oh, but Jesus. I would say that this has been a fun summer. I'm hoping that uh, next summer we also get Castle Rock again. I think we will. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think that I hope they don't switch it up in the seasons, kind of like where but Stranger Things has been doing. It's like but, a year and a half wait or something. Yeah, and so well, I, I'm okay I don't know. I enjoyed that, this. But... I enjoyed this. So yeah. you know, and I thought that this was a nice wrap up uh, to the summer. 
Uh, and we have one more episode. Yeah. One more fucking episode. Well, this here's, is so exciting. People keep asking us about like when we're going to do it and various things, and I can only implore you to go to our Goodreads page that I've updated. It's free, everybody. Go to Goodreads and then search for The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast group, and you scroll down, and we've got all the temporary dates for all of our Ed episodes and what we'll be covering in every episode. Mm-hmm. Plus, the, right. plus our temporary date for... I shouldn't say temporary, our tentative date for the drawing of the three, which we will be covering after it. That's right. So the dates are there to get prepared, and our it coverage begins in three weeks, which is crazy. Can't wait. Beep, beep. And Goodreads is is also an app you can download on your phone, Mm -hmm. and it's it's really easy and fun, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything else to add before we uh, sign off here, Mike? Long days. And And pleasant pleasant nights. Some hot friends God, I got some hot friends I got some hot friends God, I got some hot friends But you know you want somebody To treat you good Consequence Podcast Network